the award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's large SUV, available now at your nearest Kia dealer. This is Sports Day. And now, the interim WBO Super Welterweight Champion of the World. Australia, you know, but the world you know now. He's been cool, calm and racy. Shane Van Gisbergen wins race two on the streets of Newcastle. Caelan Ponger hits the deck. And it's just about lights out. Just a couple of, of the weekend's great moments and what a weekend it was of sport across a number of codes and most notably Tim Zhu, the WBO interim super welterweight champion, now goes to the US within the next six to eight months to try and win one of the biggest belts in boxing, or a number of belts against Jamel Shiloh. But that, along with other areas of, of, of a massive weekend of sport, the supercars, uh, some great results in the rugby league, some disappointing results, but also... Mm. Some send-offs as well. Matty Rogers, how are you, Rat? Yeah, good. There was uh, there was plenty to get excited about and plenty to be uh, to sort of raise your eyebrows about over the weekend, wasn't there? It was, um, yeah, and glued to the TV all week. I uh, I didn't leave my chair that much. I and we didn't say. even talk about the test match, which, no. of course, finished finishes tonight yep. and as we speak. Looks like going, yeah. Looking, a bit going draw. A boring draw. But. Yeah, yeah. Uh, on the show tonight, we're welcome back to Test questions. Match Cricket. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you get a pitch that uh, is a battable pitch, and all of a sudden, no one watches. Yeah, 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 yeah. we're going to have three burning questions tonight on the show. Uh, weekly workhorse. Who's a who's a player that worked hard for their side, a victory over the weekend? Not one of the stars that stands out each and every week, but someone that needs recognition for their work. And Chris Nelson from Racing Queensland. Big. There's a big meet in on do in Doombin. Yep. At Doombin, I should say, on Saturday. So we'll catch up with Chris Nelson. A little bit later on, but let's let's look at the NRL over the weekend. Um, most notably, the Queensland sides, right? And the Brisbane Broncos—they win over the cows, twenty-eight sixteen. They just keep marching on so much so, Daddy Vass, our producer, texted you and I and oh, said, he did. "I've booked my plane flights and accommodation." Well, well he said, "Should already. I?" Yeah. He said, "Should I?" And I, I, I should have <laughs> chuckled to myself. I, I do recall in I think it was twenty twenty, they won their first two rounds and ended up getting the spoon. Yeah, year. so. Ah, uh, look, it was a bit of a disjointed year that year, and um, but uh, I must say, I'm, I've been very impressed with the Brisbane Broncos. Uh, suitably, suitably impressed with uh, Reese Walsh's debut. What about him? Thought he was fantastic. If he can stay healthy and he can play like that, I mean, look, we can all have a game, but it's can we back it up week in, week out? And that's what being a true professional is. And that's been probably. If there's been any slide on Reese Walsh, it's been that durability and that ability to week in, week out, show up and get the job done. He terrorised re- Peter Hecku. I, I really hope he does. Yeah. Um, oh, I just love seeing young guys come into our game and, and become superstars. And he certainly got the making of that. Um, yeah, he was exciting to watch. He was a real excitement machine. And I think he, he was he was a, the catalyst to a lot of uh, Brisbane Broncos good play. But it, it reminded me that game of, you know, the, the Broncos versus Cowboys games of old that we love to watch. Cowboys you know, got they, out to a good lead. Yeah. They came Broncos and, had to fight their way yeah, back. Yeah, and they uh, they did what they needed to do to win the game. And, yeah, look, Broncos fans, uh, yeah, you have every right to be excited. What about uh, the Dolphins? Now, I've got to say, I, I felt as though that going back to, to KO Stadium, Dolphin Stadium this weekend, they may have been okay again. I think Wayne would have been able to just keep them settled, let them celebrate after their first win on the Sunday, but... Let's get our heads back in place to to try and win at home for your your fans that are within your community in the in the peninsula and and they did that score to try seventy seventh minute 
to go take it to 18-14. Mm. Yeah, I actually um, caught up with Kurt Richards, one of the recruitment guys yeah. from the Dolphins on Friday. We had a game of golf together, and I was just asking him, you know, how's the mood in the camp? You know, what what was it like after the game? And Because I, I hadn't put my tips in by that stage, so I'm thinking I want to know, like, are they going to be up for this game or are they going to be flat? Because you know what it's like, you mm. know, big win like that, a lot of hype, a lot of excitement. He goes, oh, no, Wayne just gave him a couple of days off. You know, they celebrated the win. They deserved it. And you think, yeah, that's right. Celebrate those little victories along the way. But I was just um, – what I was most impressed with, Sats, was their resolve. They were down. It looked like, oh, this is going to be tough. It's probably going to be one sort of step too far. But, you know, their old heads sort of settled them down and, and put them in the right positions. And then, you know, their freakish talents like, hammer, like the hammer, you know, he's just an opportunist, isn't he? He's just, he reminds me of, of like a, a Nathan Blacklock who just seems to pop up where there's an, an opportunity to score a We're tight. selling a lot of fullbacks at the moment, like AJ and Reese Walsh and Hammer. Just a few of those fullbacks that it doesn't look like they've got a game plan. No. They're just watching what's in front of them and just playing like they're in the backyard. I love that. Yeah. yeah you know, I love that. We, I mean, our game, and, and I hear our game. And, so many people say to me they love watching the women's game because of the unpredictability of it. It's raw, yeah. It's, it's like they just get, get out there and having a go. And, you know, the, the, the men's game can be a little bit stale. It can sometimes, you know, it's about the wrestling, the tackle. It's like hitting the middle and going to the edge, you know, lead runner out the back. It's sort of pretty predictable. Well, the, these guys add that un, un, unpredictability to the game that makes it exciting. And, um, look, I, I actually tipped the Dolphins on the weekend, I'm proud to say. I was a little nervous, but, you know, they've got to get on the road this week. Newcastle. And, uh, yeah, look, Newcastle had a gutsy win on the weekend, but um, that's going to be a test for them. It will. Let's touch quickly on the Gold Coast Titans before we, we talk about that Newcastle game that went at Leichhardt Oval. Well, I felt as though in the first 20 minutes, the Gold Coast Titans were going to win by 40. Now, the Dragons had the bye the week before for round one of the NRL. Yep. Played at home at Netstrata Jubilee, which is, of course, the old Cogra. And first 20 minutes, it felt as though that we're watching the team that got lapped by South and the Charity Shield. Yeah. But the Gold Coast, for some reason, just shut up shop, switched off, well, and allowed might... the Dragons to get back into the yeah. game within two or three minutes. Yeah, there, there, was, a, there was a moment, three or four minutes, like uh, like a minute after the, the Titans had scored a try. or the, No, the, the, the Dragons had scored a try, then, we, then the Titans kicked off. Uh, on about the third tackle of that set, there was a one-on-one strip. There was three players in the tackle. It was stupid footy. It invited the Dragons down, got them to, you know, they scored a try, and, and, it, and it put them right back in the game. They were coming out in the second half with the wind at their backs. The Dragons were out of that game. Mm. The Dragons didn't look like they were going to fire a shot, and the Titans looked like world beaters for the first 20 minutes. Yeah. Uh, all of a sudden, they stopped playing footy, uh, invited the Dragons back in, and I must, and, and I've got to say, Tyrell Sloan, was one of his best. Well, I think it was his best performance that I've seen. Because last grade. year he was being questioned, and yep. then there were rumours he, he wanted to get out of the club because the coach wasn't confident in him. Yep, but he came out and showed um, that he's an NRL st- uh, quality fullback, and you know put himself in a position to score tries, uh, hit the balls at, at speed, um, ran for a hundred plus meters, uh, one try, a try assist. He sparked the Dragons' attack. And it only takes that one difference maker yep. in the team to fire everybody else up. Then you get your Jaden Sewers running harder. You get, you know, the, the, the team rallies behind them. And Ben Hunt was his standard self. He's just, you know, it's solid as a rock and just made so, – some of his um, decisions when he's got the ball in his hand are phenomenal. I mean, he's just – the way he holds things up, I just love the way that he plays the game of rugby. Do you league. know the way – you know what I love about Benny Hunt? He hasn't got the finesse 
of a lot of the halfbacks. He hasn't got the speed of some of the hookers. So what he does, do, he just knocks the front door down. He does. He goes straight through the middle yeah, of you yeah. and, and sets up um, yeah, look, his I, outside men. And, mate, if there's one guy that's been swinging the bat for the Dragons for the last couple of years, it's been Ben Hunt. So yep. for him to have a little bit of support now, um, you know, look, it's, they're one from one. Um, you know, conditions weren't great uh, down there. And, look, they're going to come up against better sides than the Titans if, if, you know, the Titans didn't perform overly well other than that first 20 minutes. But they're not going to be able to start off the way they started off and expect to, you know, come up against, a, you know, a, a Penrith or yeah. a Parramatta or mm. a Cronulla and, and, and think they're only going to be 12 down if they start the way that they started in that game. So they've got a bit to work on. Um, but, you know, they're going to celebrate the win. And, you know, look, they're... They're two rounds in and they've got four points. Yeah. So uh, it's They're been undefeated. Best, so that's it's great. Been a while. So come on, next we'll have a further NRL update. Also, we'll touch on that Tim Zoo fight, um, one of the biggest tests of his career by no doubt. This is Sports Day with Sats and the Rat. We'll be back soon. The award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento, Kia's large SUV, available now at your nearest Kia dealer. This is Sports Day. We'll be back soon. The award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento, Kia's large SUV, available now at your nearest Kia dealer. This is Sports Day. Yeah, welcome back to the show. And aside from all the results over the weekend, if you're in a tipping competition, um, I think if you got more than five, you'd be doing really well from the weekend. Uh, but we did see a lot of controversy on the field. Some players reported, some players that have accepted guilty pleas and also uh, a player sent off. And that one was Jacob Saifidi in that game between the West Tigers and the Newcastle Knights. Jacob Saifidi, front row, five-game ban for a grade three reckless high tackle on Jake Simpkin. So sent directly from the field, not allowed to return. That's why I made the Newcastle win probably all the greater. They did it with 12 men with so many injuries going down. Did you catch this, Rat? What was your thoughts of it? I did. Um, look, it's, it wasn't good, um, but I think it was like a reaction. Yeah. And yeah, it I, wasn't I, intentional. No, no, mm. no, there wasn't any malice in it. He wasn't going in there with a swinging arm to try to take someone's head off. It was a reaction. He dipped, um, got him high. You know, look, the, the onus is on the tackler. Yep. Um, that's, that's the law. You can't hit people in the head. I mean, and you've never been able to do it. Mm. So, um, you know, they're trying to stamp out of the game. And unfortunately, Jacob Saifidi um, has, um, you know, done that. And he's going to be spending some time on the sideline. I, I, I don't think he, I mean, I don't think he, he's got a case to. No. I mean. It, well, when you go to the judiciary, whether you're six foot five like he is and Jake Simpkins five foot 11, the question they ask you in the judiciary is, did you make contact with the head? Yes or no? And yeah. you say, yeah, but. And they go, no, no, it's yes or no. Yes, I did. Okay, well, we need to judge you on that. So yeah. you can use examples that have been used in years gone by, but um, yeah, it was pretty plain, direct contact to the head. But like you said, I didn't think it was, I didn't think there was any malice in it. Uh, should have he been sent off? Um, aesthetically, when you looked at it, it, it looked bad. Well, it was in the Simpkins open. Leg, his legs went flying forward, uh, it, hit the ground. It was in the open. Yeah, and it's there for everybody to see. You know, whereas our next one, it wasn't. A lot of bodies around the. A lot person. of bodies around it. And you don't really see it until you slow things down and you see the contact that's taken place. So I think yeah. if we're going to send players off, you know, we will start making players bend their back when it comes to technique. And that's the one you're talking about. Scotty Drinkwater for yep. the Cowboys up against the Broncos on Friday night. He'll miss three weeks. He accepted a guilty plea. 
And uh, the shot on Corey Oates, which saw, saw Oates with a, a broken jaw. He's going to be out for anywhere up to four to eight weeks. Yeah, look, you, you take the people away from that tackle. You have Corey Oates coming down the sideline, steps inside, Drinkwater throws his shoulder up, hits him flush on the jaw and, you know, breaks his jaw and they don't score a try. Mm. One, I think it's a penalty try. Yep. Two, I think um, Drinkwater sent straight from the field and he's probably got a, a, a probably looking at a bigger suspension than the one that he's uh, facing right now. So uh, I think just the circumstances um, have allowed Drinkwater to escape uh, being sent off and, and a longer suspension because the, the contact of that hit on the, on the jaw of Corey Oates was obviously a lot greater. I always look at these situations and I say, I ask the question, did you have another option? Now, I look at Saifidi and other than just letting Simpkin run by you, and we know that's not going to happen because when you're in the heat of the moment, it's split second, you, you mm. react. And I don't think Saifidi had another option, mm. but unfortunately it comes out the wrong way. Yeah. I think Drinkwater had another option. Yeah. You know, either, either he just lets Oates score or either he just tries to grab hold of the ball and try and hold onto the ball or he hits him up underneath the ball, whatever it may be. But I think he had other options. Now, you talk about penalty try. I'm going to read the laws of the game. A penalty try is awarded between the goalposts if foul play by the opposing team prevents a probable try from being scored. Well, Corey Oates, they said, dropped the ball and didn't end up scoring a try. I, I can't understand why it wasn't a penalty try. Yeah, well, he had a broken jaw. That's why he dropped the ball. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but, yeah, look, I, what, what I will say in Drinkwater's defence, um, when, when you are at the back and there's a lot of open space, yeah. bodies are moving fast, you know. Like you don't have a person on your hip, on, your, on one hip and the other hip to sort of help you out with your tackle. You're just flying into contact and you're trying to hit things as hard as you can to stop them before they get to the line. Mm. So I'll, in, in his defense, I'll say that. But the reality is you just like, he sort of left up with his, with his shoulder. He's got to go a bit lower. Uh, try, I mean, I mean, ideally attack the ball, like you said. Yep. Um, but look, you know, you know, the, the reality is um, they could probably use uh, the hammer this week, but uh, he's down at Redcliffe. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> now, this has always been a little bit of a bugbear of mine. Yep. If a player is given 10 in the sin bin, like yep. Scott Drinkwater, yep. and Corey Oates has been assessed and said he can't return to the field yep. because of a broken jaw, should that player that has created the offence be allowed back on the field? Oh. Still replace him with another player, but you're not allowed to put him back yeah, on the field. Okay. So, so my question to you is, is the person not being allowed back on the field due to injury, due mm. to the, the foul play, yep. is that assessment made by the club or is it made by an independent doctor? Because well, no, it's, clubs, it's made by the club, but then I think it's got to be verified by the opposition's yeah, club doctor. Yeah, because I, I, I will say that that's an opportunity to exploit some situations right there. And we know, you know, that, you know, clubs will take every advantage they, they, they could get. Imagine if Cameron Munster, you know, threw out a... a, a a high arm, you know, someone stepped inside him, clips a guy across the chin, yep. gets 10 in the bin, old mate comes off for a HIA and they, or, you know, comes off and says, oh, no, he can't come on. He's, he's, he's cracked his neck and he can't play. They get Cameron Munster's off the field for the exactly. rest of the game. So, yeah, yeah it'd have to be independent. Um, but I don't mind that. Don't okay, mind that. should the offender, so in this case, Scott Drinkwater, should he serve the same time as the injured player? So if he's out for six weeks... Mm. Should he serve the same time? 
I had this argument with um, with my dad in 1985. <laughs> no, no really? lie. When he broke his when jaw. When he broke his jaw. Dad, dad was out for the season and uh, Bugden, I think, got nine weeks. Yeah. And he was allowed to come back and play. I'm like, how is he allowed to come back and play and you want, you can't play? You're, eating, what he you're did. eating steak and veggies through a straw. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and carrying plies with you everywhere. <laughs> it was, um, I, I literally had this argument in 1985 as a nine-year-old kid. Um, I, I don't mind it. Mm. If, if, if you have created that, look, the reality is though, Sats, like, how much do we want to keep our stars off the field? I know, I get it, yeah. It's, it's like our fans pay to watch the drink waters and, you know, watch the Siafides. It's just, it's a real balancing act that I believe that, you know, have we got it right? I don't know. Have we got it horribly wrong? I don't think so. No, yeah, it's a really good way to put it. Hey, just on breaking jaws, mm. uh, my dad broke his in 1970 and broke it in four places. So underneath the earlobe, yep. either side, and then at the point of the chin, yep. either side. And yet it was wide, obviously, yep. like yep. your dad's would have been. And he, my mum used to say that, on three or four occasions, he'd be asleep. And, yeah, you know, when you have the night terrors, yeah. he'd have the night terrors and he'd wake up and open his mouth and rip all the wire oh, through his oh, gums so she'd have to rush him to the hospital oh, to get no. it wired up again. Well, mate, I, I just remember, um, you know, back in the day, the, the old man didn't mind a beer. Well, he always <laughs> didn't mind a beer. And um, he used to have to take the pliers with him everywhere he went just in case he'd had one too many. And it happened one night. So he got home and he got the pliers out and he's clipping his jaw. And I got, he got his mouth open a little bit so we could get a little bit out. But, uh, yeah, it wasn't a pretty sight. So, oh, and yeah. on the back of those uh, suspensions, Peter Hickey, he didn't have a great night, Corey Oates, because Peter Hickey's going to miss two weeks for a crusher tackle on Corey Oates. <laughs> yeah. And Big Nelson Asafa Solomano, one of my favourite forwards in the game, uh, he didn't get suspended. He actually suffered a uh, medial ligament sprain and will miss six to eight weeks. So they've got a few out of Melbourne style. They do, and I'll say that, um, gee, that they were as ordinary as I've seen Terrible. a Melbourne Storm team look, um, you know, particularly after, you know, such a gutsy performance. They were ordinary the week before. Yep. Don't get me wrong. Mm. Parramatta were just worse. Yep. Um, it wasn't a great game of footy when they beat Parramatta. A lot of drop ball, a lot of mistakes, um, you know, a bit of brilliance by their two stars got them home. Yeah. Uh, this game... Um, you know, Canterbury just held the ball. He's got some stars on the sideline, Melbourne. Oh, they do. And look, you know, where does it go from here? Um, I don't know, the old next man up theory down in yep. Melbourne. Well, you, eventually you're going to run out. They're grabbing people off the streets. Yeah, so. yeah eventually you're going to run out. And, and whether they can deliver or not at that level, it's a, you know, who knows. Yeah. But um, we'll see. We'll see. Sats so around on Sports Day. We're going to talk about Tim Zoo's amazing win yesterday in Sydney up against Tony Harrison. The award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento, Kia's large SUV, available now at your nearest Kia dealer. This is Sports Day. We'll be back soon. The award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento, Kia's large SUV, available now at your nearest Kia dealer. This is Sports Day. Kudos Bank Arena yesterday in Sydney. And Tim Zhu, as you heard there in the ninth round, knocking out Tony Harrison, who is a former world champion himself. There's a guy in America, there's two two fighters who are twins by the name of the Charlo brothers. And one of them, Jamel Charlo, has never been beaten. Many thought he was going to go through undefeated. And then 
Tony Harrison beat him about 18 months ago. Jamel Sholo then got the belt back off Tony Harrison. This is how good Tony Harrison is. He comes to Australia when Timmy Zoo could have just waited for Jamel Sholo's broken hand to heal, but he didn't. He said, no, I'm going to take on this Tony Harrison. I'm going to get some tune-up fight here against a legitimate world champion. Brave, brave decision. And then if I beat him, I'll get the automatic fight against Jamel Sholo. Did you catch it, Rat? I did. I watched every minute of every round. It was not only a great fight, it was a great Day of, if you're a boxing fan, it was a great day of Australian boxing. Yeah, well, it was, and you know, like, good to see a you know a, a full crowd supporting Australian boxing. And look, you know, I I won't say I have my I've had my doubts about Tim Zoo. I've always just thought, well, what's it going to be like when he goes to the US and or you know he starts to fight these you know big time contenders because you just don't know, hmm. you know. And um, mate, he's he's gone out there and just made his his silence every critic that he's had in a comprehensive win and, and didn't just beat um, Tony Harrison, like destroyed him. He did. You know, you know, I mean, it's constant pressure. Yeah. The last fight he had, um, he, he got knocked down in the first round, um, you know, and it, it sort of, you know, raised a few, it's like, wow, you know, he, just, he got knocked down. Yeah. Um, you know, he rallied, which was great one on points, but then to come out and, and be so convincing against um, Harrison, uh, man, I, I think it will take a lot of confidence going into this challenge. Now, a lot fight. of the Americans don't think that he will be any challenge at all for Jamel Sharlow, but what I will America, uh, remind US fans and boxing legends and boxing officiados is that Zab Judah was one of the slickest boxers we've ever seen, and then Costa went over there and they said he won't have enough for him. Guess what? He knocked him out in the second round. Exactly. So be careful what you wish for, the U.S. boxing fans. Uh, this is Sports Day with Sats and Rat. We're going to have three burning questions up next. The award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento, Kia's large SUV, available now at your nearest Kia dealer. This is Sports Day. We'll be back soon. The award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento, Kia's large SUV, available now at your nearest Kia dealer. This is Sports Day. Yeah, welcome back to the show and three burning questions for Toolkit Depot, your trade pro partner. Now, there's one here that you're quite passionate about. I think we're both passionate about it and we've both got the same, I think, response. So we'll save that to the last one so we can spend a fair bit of time. So some quick answers on these two for three burning questions, Rat. The first one is, can the Dolphins genuinely make the top eight? This is such a hard question. They're sitting second. After, oh, I know it's only after two I rounds. I know, but, but no. Nah, I don't think they can. I, I, think, I think the steam will come out a little bit. I think they'll perform well, but I, I don't think they'll make the eight. It'd be a great story <laughs> if they did, hey? It would be. But yeah, I just... Uh, I, no, I don't think they can. Has, okay, I'll throw another little side question. Think Look, of the teams that aren't in the eight right now. I know. I'll throw a sidebar at you. Many, including you and I, believe they'll get the wooden spoon. Yeah. Do you think there's a possibility they still could get the spoon? No, I'm going to um, I'm going to rescind that comment. Uh, <laughs> I don't think they'll get the wooden spoon. Okay. I think, and my, and my <laughs> can I change my my top improvers for the year too? Because that was the Tigers. <laughs> it was too. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, okay, next question: uh, If Queensland Origin team was to be picked in another two weeks. Kale and Pongo, we think, will spend some time on the sideline with the amount of concussions, four in ten months. Mm. Reese Walsh or AJ Brimson? Uh, I'm going to go AJ based on he's been there before and, um, you know, he's, 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 he's still performing well. Yep. Um, I, I need to see more of Walsh. I, I mean, if Walsh continues in the same vein, 
it's Walsh all day. Yep. Uh, he was just phenomenal on the weekend and just need to see more of it. But AJ for mine. Yep. Okay. Now, Latrell Mitchell incident, which was back on Friday night for anyone who's been living under a rock, uh, racially abused by a 15-year-old uh, rugby league fan, not say a Panthers fan or a South fan. It was a, a young man with a Roosters jersey on. Whether he's just won that, worn that Roosters jersey to put a lot of pressure on the Roosters, not quite sure who he supports, but um, it was quite concerning. Well, it's, it's irrelevant who it he is. supports. Exactly. Uh, what, what he's Great done point. is... Um, I just cannot believe, and and the thing that annoys me more than, well, the, the racial vilification annoys me, and it is just so out of touch. Um, when I say annoys me, it does more than annoy me. I just can't say it on radio. Mm. Um, but what what really gets me going is when I go online and I'm on a social page, and it, you know that's the, the story, and the people underneath it blaming Latrell for putting himself out there. Oh, so you deserve what you get, yeah, more or less. It is just like. What kind of moron yeah. thinks that, mate, we want personalities in our games. We want everyone just to zip it, be quiet, you know, shut up and play. Throw cliches don't, out. Don't, don't mm. say a thing. Um, mate, I love it when Latrell's cocky and he's out there and he's, I love that. That's what makes our game exciting. I love it when you see, you know, players celebrate. And I love it when you see, you know, the passion that they have for their team and for their game and for their teammates. And no one should be put in that position have to deal with that regardless of how they carry on with their teammates and, and on the field. It is just, it, it drives me insane that anybody would even consider that as a viable reason for that to happen. Yeah. Whether it's sport or community. Yeah, you know, absolutely. To, you know, bag him about his footy. Like, you know, if he's, if he's in the opposition team, do whatever. Don't attack someone based on their religion, their race. Their, it is just so wrong. And I just can't believe in this day and age we're still dealing with it. Like, it just blows my mind. He must have this trigger in him because that happened at half time. Now, he comes out and and basically says, oh, Penrith got some cracks in the windscreen. He challenges himself. It means he has to perform. Yeah. That happens to him at half time. He goes out in the second half and nearly, nearly gets the win for the South. Yeah. So he must be one of those trigger players. You pull the trigger on him and put pressure on him. Well, some may fold. He just rises. Well, I'll tell you one thing, mate, that I wouldn't do if I was playing Latrell Mitchell is say anything that could fire him Remember up. Remember those plays? Remember he's played Gordy Tallis? He oh, goes, mate. don't fire him up. Just just say good day to him. Say, good tackle, Don't even Gordy. talk to him. Just look away. <laughs> look away. Uh, we're going to find out what happened on the weekend in Racing Queensland. Also, where the big races are this week in the Sunshine State. This is Sats and Rat. We'll be back soon. The award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's large SUV. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer. This is Sports Day. We'll be back soon. The award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's large SUV. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer. This is Sports Day. Time for a racing update for Racing Queensland. Queensland is your place to race this year. Yeah, Chris Nelson on the line, and I looked at my socials on the weekend, guys, and it, you know, it usually says, do you want to follow this person? Yes. Nelson came up, and I thought, I thought I was oh. already following him. Oh, yeah. It's very unfriendly-like, isn't it? How are you, Nelson? Yeah, very unfriendly, but uh, I'm going well, guys. Great to chat to you after uh, another big weekend of racing. Yeah. What happened? What happened over the weekend? Uh, you get much luck? Uh, yeah, didn't have a too bad a day. Uh, Ange Jones, the jockey, continued on her merry way. Apprentice, of course, to Tony Gollan at the moment. She rode three winners 
at uh, Eagle Farm on Saturday. She seems to do that week in, week out. If she doesn't ride three, she rides two. Mark Duplessis was the other successful jockey there. He rode uh, two winners on Saturday. A couple of, uh, well, a few impressive winners. Uh, the Red Kite won race two, two wins in seven days for the Curry Stable. Angela Jones rode that one. Uh, a horse by the name of Manhood finally broke through for a, uh, a Saturday win. He was heavily backed. He's a promising type. And uh, Rubiquitous, uh, one of Chris Anderson's uh, trained out at Eagle Farm, was also very impressive, leading all the way. And he too was, uh, he was well, uh, well deserved winning that race. He put in some good ones of late, but just hadn't quite had luck go his way. So they were the highlights at uh, Eagle Farm, guys. But just down south, Scalapini, another win at Flemington. Mm. Uh, O'Day Hoist, James Scalapini. Uh, Scalapini. Mm. Yeah. Now he loves shooting for gold, the stable mate. Oh, okay. But, um, but if he uh, had a fax scalopini, he would love it too. Now, Nelson, just before uh, Rat asks you what's going on this week, uh, thoughts for the two jockeys? Terrifying oh, scenes oh, with Jamie yeah, Carr and Craig Williams on yeah. the weekend. It was. I mean, last week we had Ethan Brown, if you remember, um, yeah. have that mm. fall in the Australian Guineas. And then this week, Craig Williams and Jamie Carr. And look, uh, Craig Williams has left hospital, but he does go back, I believe, for, uh, for an operation uh, on Tuesday. That's from what I've heard. And Jamie Carr, well, she's she's um, still sedated, as the last that I heard. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's um, it's nasty stuff. But she has been cleared of any any brain injuries. But yeah, it's a very nasty, very nasty. And to tell you what, I say it time and time again, guys. But uh, they earn every cent they get. Oh yeah, jockeys. absolutely, absolutely, mate. Uh, I, I my theory with with um, with jockeys uh, and horses is when I'm when I when I can't pick a horse, I just pick the jockeys and follow the jockeys. So yeah, uh, I'll. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll have to uh, use that next time I'm betting in Queensland. But, mate, this week, uh, there's lots going on. Big race uh, big race day, Dooman this week. But tell us what's happening this week uh, in Queensland racing, Nelson. There is. But just on that, Matty, interesting you say that because if you follow some of the main, or the the, uh, the jockeys that have most success, guys like J-Mac and, and uh, Jimmy Orman up here, etc., they get the pick of the rides. So sometimes you don't have to do any form. You just back the jockey you think uh, is the best jockey. And they've probably had three or four different offers in the race. So they're doing the form for you. So if you're struggling sometimes, just go with the best jockey. I like your theory there. That's, There's plenty of, plenty of fact behind that. That's one of the best tips I've had. So I'll, <laughs> I'm going to stick with that. That's great. <laughs> All right. This week, we race at Warwick tomorrow. We race at Eagle Farm on Wednesday. Townsville Thursday. Ipswich on Friday. Now, that big meeting you mentioned on Saturday at Doom, and it's the, uh, the cutest jewel meeting. There's two half-million-dollar races, one for the two-year-olds and one for the three-year-olds. There's also uh, another jewel race worth 150000 for three-year-olds and upwards, the Gold Coast Stakes and the Military Rose Plate, uh, over 1110 This meeting is generally held at the Gold Coast every year. It's a big meeting, but, of course, with the renovations, uh, can't happen this year. That's why it's at Doombin. Also, Rockhampton, Toowoomba in the twilight zone, and we're back at the Sunshine Coast, hopefully for a full eight races after the last two were washed out with that big storm yesterday afternoon. Beautiful. Mm. Beautiful. Thank you very much, Nelson. Queensland is racing. The action continues this week across the Sunshine State. Visit racingqueensland.com.au. The award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's large SUV. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer. This is Sports Day. We'll be back soon. The award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's large SUV. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer. This is Sports Day.
Uh, that's it, Rat. I uh, haven't got much time. Before we go, Players Championship, did you catch it oh, earlier I this did. morning? I did. I love that that course at Sawgrass. Yeah, look, congrats to Scotty Scheffler. He is on fire 4. this 1 year. 4.1 million. 4.5 million US. He collected 6.1 Aussie. But uh, two Aussies, Cam Davis and... Um, and uh, Minwoo Lee, uh, Minwoo was right in the mix, but uh, unfortunately, a couple faded. of triples mm. early and uh, sort of faded. But both finished equal six. I think they collect about a million dollars Aussie for that. Not bad. Not bad for not four a bad days. days work. Yeah, big yeah. weekend of sport. We tried to cover most of it, uh, but that's it. We'll be back again tomorrow. Same time. Sats and the Rats. See you, Sat- See you Rat. Look forward to it. See ya. The award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's large SUV. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer. This is Sports Day. We'll be back soon.